Hello, history nerds and historians. My name is Christina, and this is Effed Up History. This is where we talk about a little tip of history. That's super fucked up, but this is a bonus episode, so you will not be talking fully about like little tidbits from history that are super fucked up, but we will be reading letters from King Henry VIII to Anne Boleyn. Their story is super fucked up. If you need a little bit of a refresher, go back to the last episode where I talk about their entire relationship and everything that happens. But I did say that I was thinking about doing an episode where I just read the letters that Henry VIII wrote to her. And that is what we are doing now. Okay, so without further ado, Christina reads early modern English. Yeah. Anyway, so the first letter that we have, like I kind of said, is from May of 1527. It's right after Anne Boleyn left court and went to Hever Castle. So this letter reads, In turning over in my mind the contents of your last letters, I have put myself into great agony, not knowing how to interpret them, whether to my disadvantage, as you show in some places, or to my advantage, as I understand them in some others beseeching you earnestly to let me know expressly your whole mind as to the love between us two. It is absolutely necessary for me to obtain this answer, having been for above a whole year stricken with the dart of love and not yet sure whether I shall find a finding place in your heart and affection, which last point had prevented me for some time past from calling you my mistress. Because if you only love me with an ordinary love, That name is not suitable for you because it denotes a singular love, which is far more common. But if you please to do the office of a true loyal mistress and friend and to give up yourself body and heart to me who will be and have been your most loyal servant, if your rigor does not forbid me, I promise you that not only the name shall be given you, but also that I will take you for my only mistress, casting off all others besides you out of my thoughts and affections and serve you only. I beseech you to give an entire answer to this, my rude letter, that I may know on what and how far I may depend. And if it does not please you to answer me in writing, appoint some place where I may have it by word of mouth, and I will go thither with all my heart, no more, for fear of tiring you, written by the hand of him who will willingly remain yours, H.R. The next letter we have is undated, but it was believed to be written soon after this and is a very short letter. It says, though it is not fitting for a gentleman to take his lady in the place of a servant, yet complying with your desire, I willingly grant it to you. If thereby you can find yourself less uncomfortable in the place chosen by yourself than you have been in that which I gave you, thinking you cordially that you are pleased still to have some remembrance of me. The third letter is also undated, but it's believed to be right after the second one. And it says, although my mistress, it has not pleased you to remember the promise you made me when I was last with you, that is to hear good news from you and to have an answer to my last letter. Yet it seems to me that it belongs to a true servant, seeing that otherwise he can know nothing to inquire the health of his mistress and to acquit myself of the duty of your true servant. I send you this letter beseeching you to apprise me of your welfare, which I pray to God may continue as long as I desire mine own. 
and to cause you yet oftener to remember me, I send you by the bearer of this, a buck killed late last night by my own hand, hoping that when you eat out of it, if you may think of the hunter. And thus, for want of room, I must end my letter written by the hand of your servant, who very often wishes for you instead of your brother, H.R. So like a little bit of context with that. Um, when he says who very often wishes for you instead of your brother, it's because her brother, George Boleyn, was sort of like the liaison between the two. They would use him to pass letters back and forth to each other if there were things that they wanted to say to each other that were not written in the letters, they would just tell George and he would go and like pass the message along for them. So he was like very, very trusted and he was very like loved by both of them during this time, which um, <laughs> I mean, is not, it doesn't end well for him. Um, but, but yeah, so that's sort of what that part means. And then um, there's like a comment on this. I'm reading this from the anneboleynfiles.com. It's like a really, really great resource. And there's actually someone who left a comment on this page who basically is like, being a hunter, he enjoyed the chase. And once he like successfully caught whatever he was chasing, he lost interest and he was just looking for the next chase. And like that just seems so true with Henry VIII later on in his life that he's just like chasing that new relationship energy, right? So the next letter, letter four that we have is the last of the undated letters, but it's written, believed to be written right after this last one that I just read. And it reads, my mistress and friends, my heart and I surrender ourselves into your hand, beseeching you to hold us commended to your favor, and that by absence your affection to us may not be lessened. For it were a great pity to increase our pain, of which absence produces enough, and more than I could ever thought could be felt, reminding us of a point in astronomy, which is this. The longer the days are, the more distant is the sun, and nevertheless the hotter. So, is it with our love? For by absence, we are kept a distance from one another, and yet it retains its fervor, at least on my side. I hope the like on yours, assuring you that on my part, the pain of absence is already too great for me. And when I think of the increase of that which I am forced to suffer, it would be almost intolerable. But for the firm hope I have of your unchangeable affection for me, and to remind you of this sometimes and seeing that I cannot be personally present with you, I now send you the nearest thing I can to that, namely my picture set in a bracelet with that whole of the device, which you already know, wishing myself in their place, if it should please you. This from the hand of your loyal servant and friend, H.R. Now, before I continue to the next letter, I just want to say if if Anne actually liked Henry VIII, then these would be super romantic letters. Um, if Henry left court to get the fuck away from Henry VIII because he was being a creep, these would be stalkerish letters. Could you imagine receiving like texts and emails from someone nowadays writing stuff like this? You would get a restraining order, right? Like if you were not interested in them, you would get a fucking restraining order. This is ridiculous. Anyway... <laughs> The next letter, letter number five, is written in July of 1527, and it says, 
For a present so beautiful that nothing could be more so, considering the whole of it, I thank you most cordially, not only on account for the fine diamond and the ship in which the solitary damsel is tossed about, but chiefly for the fine interpretation and the too humble submission which your goddess hath used towards me in this case. For I think it would be very difficult for me to find an occasion to deserve it, if I were not assisted by your great humanity and favor, which I have always sought to seek." and will seek to preserve by all the kindness in my power, in which my hope has placed with its unchangeable attention, which says, at illic at nullaby, which translates to either there or nowhere. The demonstration of your infections are such, the beautiful mottos of the letter so cordially express that they oblige me forever to honor, love, and serve you sincerely, beseeching you to continue in the same firm and constant purpose, assuring you that on my part I will surpass it rather than make it reciprocal, if loyalty of heart and a desire to please you can accomplish this. I beg also, if at any time before this I have in any way offended you, that you would give me the same absolution that you ask, assuring you that henceforth my heart shall be dedicated to you alone. I wish my person was so too, God can do it, if he pleases, to whom I pray every day for that end, hoping that at length my prayers will be heard. I wish the time may be short, but I shall think it long till we see one another." Written by the hand of that secretary who in heart, body, and will is your loyal and most servant servant. And on this one at the bottom, he writes A-B inside of a little heart. So it seems like this letter is saying that Anne Boleyn had sent him a gift and maybe asked him to forgive her for something or forgive her for like uh, any past offenses. So... Perhaps she's like apologizing that she left or, you know, she's apologizing in any way that she may have upset him in leaving or by keeping apart from them may also just be apologizing for not writing back to him because in one of the previous letters, he kind of chastises her for like, I thought you were going to write me and you didn't. So obviously, again, we don't know because we don't have any of her responding letters, um, or at least they haven't been found at this point in time. But um, but yeah, that's that's sort of what it seems to mean here. The next letter comes from that same month, July 1527, and it reads, To my mistress, because time seems very long since I heard concerning your health, and you, the great affection I have for you, has induced me to send you this bearer, to be better informed of your health and pleasure, and because since my parting from you, I have been told that the opinion in which I left you is totally changed, and that you would not come to court either with your mother if you could or in any other manner, which report, if true, I can sufficiently marvel at, because... I'm sure that I have since never done anything to offend you, and it seems a very poor return for the great love which I bear you to keep me at a distance, both from the speech and the person of the woman that I esteem most in the world. And if you love me with as much affection as I hope you do, I'm sure that the distance of our two persons would be a little irksome to you, though this does not belong so much to the mistress as to the servant." Consider well, my mistress, that absence from you grieves me sorely, hoping that it is not your will that it should be so, but if I knew for certain that you voluntarily desired it, I could do no other than mourn my ill fortune and by degrees abate my great folly. And so, for lack of time, I make an end of this rude letter, beseeching you to give credence to this bearer and all that he will tell you from me. Written by the hand of your entire servant, H.R. So this is the letter that I sort of mentioned in my episode about Anne Boleyn, where it seems like she's like, nah, dude, 
like I'm not coming back to court. So it seems to me that maybe when she sent that letter with a small gift that was apologizing for any offenses, that maybe she was just like, hey, I'm sorry for anything that I've done in the past. Take this gift as a way for me to say I'm done and maybe going to look for something else. Like, again, we don't have any letters from her. But reading this, this is sort of what I gather from it is maybe that last gift was something that sort of was like a goodbye gift from her. Uh, because she never responded to the letter where he's like, Oh, thank you so much. I love my gift. And I love you. Also, she never responded to it because he's chastising her here that he hasn't heard from her in a while. And this is the last letter that we have from 1527. The next letter that we have is from 1528. So this next letter was written in February of 1528. Like I said, in my episode, this is when it sort of seems like he was starting the annulment process. So maybe he never heard back from that last letter. And he's like, if I really want her, I just need to get this annulment or ending my marriage over with. And maybe that's why he wrote this letter. So it reads, darling, These shall be only to advertise you that this bearer and his fellow be dispatched with as many things to compass our matter and to bring it to pass as our wits could imagine or devise, which brought to pass as I trust by their diligence. It shall be shortly you and I shall have our desired end, which should be more to heart's ease and more quietness to my mind than any other thing in the world. As with God's grace, shortly I shall trust be proved, but not so soon as I would it were. Yet, I will ensure you that there shall be no time lost that may be won and further cannot be done for ultra post non est. Keep him not too long with you, but desire him for your sake to make the more speed for your sooner. We shall have word from him. The sooner shall our matter come to pass. And thus upon trust of your short repair to London, I make an end of my letter, my own sweetheart written with the hand of him which desireth as much to be yours as you do to have him, HR. And that terrible French that I mispronounced (laughs) means one can't do more than is possible. The next letter we have begins this series of letters in June and July 1528 when Anne is sick. So this reads, This one is from June 16th, 1528, and it reads, There came to me suddenly in the night most afflicting news that could have arrived. The first, to hear of the sickness of my mistress, whom I esteem more than all the world and whose health I desire as I do my own, so that I would gladly bear half of your illness to make you well. The second, from the fear that I have of being still longer harassed by my enemy absence much longer, who has hitherto given me all possible uneasiness, and as far as I can judge, is determined to spite me more because I pray God to rid me of this troublesome tormentor. The third, because the physician in whom I have most confidence is absent at the time when he might do me the greatest pleasure, for I should hope by him and his means to obtain one of my chief joys on earth, and that is the care of my mistress." Yet, for want of him, I send you my second, and hope that he will soon make you well. I shall then love him more than ever. I beseech you to be guided by his advice in your illness. In so doing, I hope soon to see you again, which will be to me a greater comfort than all the precious jewels in the world. Written by that secretary who is, and for forever will be, your loyal and most sweet servant, H.A.B.R. The next letter is from that same month, June 20th of 1528. 
And it reads, the uneasiness my doubts about your health gave me disturbed and alarmed me exceedingly, and I should not have had any quiet without hearing certain tidings. But now, since you have as yet felt nothing, I hope, and I'm assured that it will spare you, as I hope it is doing with us. For when we were at Walton, two ushers, two valets to chambers, and your brother, Master Treasurer, fell ill, but are now quite well. And since we have returned to our house at Hunson, we have been perfectly well. And have not at present one sick person, God be praised. And I think if you would retire from Surrey as we did, you would escape all danger. There is another thing that may comfort you, which is that, in truth, this distemper few or no women have been taken ill. And what is more, no person of our court and few elsewhere has died of it. For which reason I beg you, my entirely beloved, not to frighten yourself, nor to be too uneasy at our absence." For wherever I am, I am yours. And yet we must sometimes submit to our misfortunes, for whoever will struggle against fate is generally, but so much the farther from gaining his end. Wherefore, comfort yourself and take courage and avoid the pestilences as much as you can. For I hope shortly to make you sing. No more at present from lack of time, but that I wish you in my arms, that I might dispel your unreasonable thoughts." Written by the hand of him who is and always will be yours, H.R. This next letter was written on June 22nd, 1528, about two days later. It says, The cause of my writing at this time, good sweetheart, is only to understand of your good health and prosperity. Whereof to know I would be as glad as a man or mine own, praying God that, and it be in his pleasure, to send us shortly together, for I promise you I long for it. Howbeit, I trust it shall not be long, too, and seeing my darling is absent, I can do no less than to send her some flesh representing my name, which is heart flesh for Henry, prognosticating that hereafter, God willing, you may enjoy some of mine, which he pleased I would were now. As touching your sister's matter, I have caused Walter Wise to write to my lord, mine Theron, whereby I must that Eve shall have power to deceive Adam, for surely whatsoever is said, it cannot stand with his honor." that he must need his, take her, his natural daughter, now in her extreme necessity. No more to you at this time, my own darling, but that with a wish, and I would have where we were together this evening. With the hand of yours, H.R. This letter was written in July of 1528, and it reads, Since your last letters, my own darling, Walter Welsh, Master Brown, Thomas Kerr, Grian of Brereton, and John Coke, the apothecary, be fallen of the sweat in this house, and thanked be God are all well recovered, so that as yet the plague is not fully seized here, but I trust shortly it shall. By the mercy of God, the rest of us yet be well, and I trust shall pass it, either not to have it or at the least as easily as the rest have done. As touching the matter of Wilton, my Lord Cardinal hath had the nuns before him and examined them, Mr. Bell being present, which hath certified me for a truth she had confessed herself, which we would have had a best, to have had two children by two sundry priests, and further, since hath been kept by a servant of the Lord, broke that was, and that not long ago. Wherefore I would not, for all the gold in the world, clog your conscience nor mine to make her ruler of a house, which is so ungodly demeanor. Nor I trust you would that neither for brother nor sister... I should so disdain mine honor or conscience. And as touching the prioress, the Dame Eleanor's eldest sister, though there is not evident case pressed against them that the prioress is so old that for many years she could not be as she was named, yet notwithstanding to do you pleasure, I have done that neither of them shall wilt have it. 
but that some other good and well-disposed woman shall have it and whereby the house shall be the better reformed, whereof I ensure you that I had much need and God had much better served. As touching your abode at Hever, do therein as best as shall you like, for you shall know what air doth best with you. But I were it were come there too, if it please God, that neither of us need care for that. For I ensure you, I think it long. Such as fallen sick of the sweat, and therefore I send you this bearer, because I think you long to hear things of tidings from us, as we do likewise hear from you. HR. I'm not sure what he's necessarily talking about in that letter. <laughs> There's not any comments on the page that explain it a little bit more. I can look into it more, but I, I'm not. The next letter was written on July 20th of 1528. It reads, the approach of time for which I have so long waited rejoices me so much that it seems almost to have come already. However, the entire accomplishment cannot be till the two persons meet, which meeting is more destined by me than anything in this world. For what joy can be greater upon earth than to have the company of her who is dearest to me, knowing likewise that she does the same in her part and thought of which gives me greatest pleasure. Judge what an effect the presence of that person must have on me, whose absence has grieved my heart more than either words or writing can express, and which nothing can cure. And that begging you, my mistress, to tell your father from me that I desire him to hasten the time appointed by two days, that he may be at court before the old term, or at farthest on the day prefixed, for otherwise I shall think he will not do the lover's turn, and he said he would, nor answer my expectation." No more at present for lack of time, hoping shortly that by word of mouth, I shall tell you the rest of our sufferings endured from MC to your absence. Written by the hand of the secretary who wishes himself at this moment privately with you, and who is always will be, your loyal and most assured servant, H, no other A, B, seek, R. This next letter was written the next day on July 21st, 1521. It says, Darling, I heartily re recommend me to you, ascertaining you that I am not a little perplexed with such things as your brother shall on my part declare unto you, to whom I pray you give full credence, for it were too long to write. In my last letter, I writ to you that I trusted shortly to see you, which is better known at London than with any that is about me. Whereof I not a little marvel, but lack of discreet handling, must needs be the case of... No more to you at this time, but that I trust shortly our meeting shall not depend upon other men's light handings, but upon our own. Written with the hand of him that longeth to be yours, H.R. This letter was written in August of 1528. It reads, Mine own sweetheart, this shall be to advertise to you of the greatest elegantness that I find here since you departing for for I ensure you, methinketh the time longer since your departing now last, than I was wont to do for a whole fortnight. I think your kindness and my fervency of love causeth it, for otherwise I would not have thought it possible that for so little a while it should have grieved me. But now that I am coming towards you, methinketh my pains half removed. And I am right well comforted in so much that my book maketh substantially for my matter in looking whereof I shall spend above four hours this day which causeth me now to write the shorter letter to you at this time because of some pain in my head wishing myself especially an evening in my sweetheart's arm whose pretty duckies i trust shortly to kiss written by the hand of him that was is and shall be yours by his own will hr so here's the ducky letter i didn't realize that this was transcribed when i was skimming through these earlier here is the duckies letter duckies means boobs This next letter is letter 15 
Um, there are three more, including this one. This was ran on August 20th of 1528. It says, darling, though I have scant leisure yet remembering my promise, I thought it convenient to certify you briefly in what case our affairs stand. As touching a lodging for you, we have got one by my Lord's Cardinal's means, the like whereof I could not have been found hereabouts for all causes. As this bearer shall more show you as touching our other affairs, I assure you there can be no more done, nor more diligence used for all manner of dangers, but are both foreseen and provided for. So that I trust it shall be hereafter to both our comforts, the specialties whereof were both too long to be written, and hardly by messenger to be declared. Wherefore, till you repair hither, I keep some things in store, trusting it shall not be long to you. For I have caused my lord, your father, to make his provisions with speed, and thus for lack of time, darling, I make an end of my letter, written with the hand of him, which I would were yours, H.R. This next letter was written on September 16th, 1528. It reads, The reasonable request of your last letter with the pleasure also that I take to know them true causeth me to send you these news. The legate which we most desire arrived at Paris on Sunday or Monday last past, so that I trust by the next Monday to hear of this arrival at Calais. And then I trust within a while after to enjoy that which I have so longed for, to God's pleasure of our both comforts. No more to you at this present, mine own darling, for lack of time, but that I would you were mine arms, or I in yours, and that I think it long since I kissed you. Written after the killing of a heart at eleven o'clock, mending, with God's grace tomorrow, mightly timely to kill another, by the hand which I trust shortly shall be yours, Henry R. And the last set of love letters that we have from Henry was written at the end of October 1528, and it says, to inform you with what joy it is to me to understand of your conformableness with reason, and of the suppressing of the anatile with vain thoughts with the bridle of reason. I assure you all the good in this world cannot be counterposed for my satisfaction and knowledge and certainty thereof, whereof good sweetheart continue the same, not only in this, but in all your doings hereafter. For thereby shall come both to you and me the greatest quietness that may be in this world." The cause why the bearer says so long is the business I have had to dress up gear for you, in which I trust ere long to cause you occupy. Then I trust to occupy yours, which shall be recompense enough to me for all my pains and labor. The unfeigned sickness of this well-willing legate doth somewhat retard with access to your person. But I trust verily that God shall send him health. He will with diligence recompense his demure, for I know well where he hath said, touching the saying of the brute, that he has thought imperial, that it shall be well known in this matter that he is not imperial, and thus, for lack of me, sweetheart, farewell. Written with the hand which fain would be yours, and so is the heart, our age. So those are the 17 letters that we have written in 1527 and 1528 between Henry VIII to Anne Boleyn, although again, we do not have her responses. We can kind of take these letters and speculate what some of the things were that they may have talked about and where we can build some of our opinions to creating the figure that is Anne Boleyn. So next time I will be talking about some more of Henry VIII's wives, but I just wanted to read this little bit of a bonus episode to you guys because some of these letters are gorgeous and some of these letters are hilarious, but they're all very sad when you think about how their marriage ended, that there was so much potential love, there was definitely some affection, there was at least infatuation, and it ended with 
and being tossed aside and executed for crimes that she most likely never committed. So, yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, please consider subscribing or leaving a review or joining my Patreon. And remember, friends, history may be watching you, so don't fuck it up. And uh, guard your little duckies, my friends. (laughs) Bye.